uh, what what did you eat for breakfast? Um, I had a bagel and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Welcome to episode 17 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. This time around, we're talking social media strategies with Azalee Maslow. Azalee talks about working for TuneGo and also setting up her own Babble Boutique, both of which help artists improve monetization using social media as one of their central strategies. You'll find the show notes for this episode and all other episodes at musiconyourownterms.com. Please reach out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. Find me on Instagram at Metal Doggy, M-E-T-A-L-D-O-G-G-I-E. And with that, let's get on with the episode. All right, so uh, welcome to um, the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. I'm talking today with Asley Maslow, who is a uh, social media coach. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time. Um, yeah, why don't you, if you don't mind introducing yourself and what you do in the social media world. Yeah, I'll let you uh, go ahead. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. This is actually my first podcast interview, so. <laughs> cool. Um, so I started doing social media for a company called TuneGo. Um, they're a digital platform that connects the artists to industry. And as I started working there, I started being introduced to different artists and it made me realize that the artists themselves also needed help with social media. So that's why I created the Babel Boutique, which is an online um, digital agency to help musicians with social media. Um, and I also created a course that teaches people how to run social media accounts the same way that I do. Excellent. Um, and how, how did you get into... Um working for TuneGo on the musicians. Are, are you a musician yourself or was it just like an opportunity that, you know, you took advantage of or? Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm not a musician. Um, I graduated with a master's in journalism and media studies. So I was more on the journalist digital media side. Sure. I started working at TuneGo as customer support and then I moved into a social media role and I kind of just taught myself everything online because when yeah. I went to school mm -hmm. they didn't teach social media except for like one class that taught you how to like set up a Pinterest okay um but I kind of just saw how valuable it was and I just saw it as an opportunity to help artists since I saw that what they could do with social media and being able to brand themselves without having to have a label and have someone else basically take all their money, I feel like with social media, they could do it themselves. Sure. I kind of just fell into it. I'm not a musician, though. Uh, that's excellent. Um, did you still work with Jun Jungo? 
I do, yes. Cool. So could you give me a, give us a rundown of kind of what, what Chungo is about? Yeah, so Chungo, it, we started out as just a way to connect artists to people in the industry. So we have a thing called a song review that an artist, it's um, for purchase, and then up to 200 fans will review a song. And then based mm-hmm. on that score, we connect them to different opportunities, such as getting introduced to a producer that'll then review their music or sync licensing opportunities or getting on podcasts, that type of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But as we started to learn more about the music industry, we realized at how many different points the um, different people take a cut out of royalties, basically. So we recently launched um, free distribution for artists onto digital platforms. So that's kind of our first step into trying to cut out all the middlemen that take out different cuts. Right. So that's kind of our goal to slowly cut out all the different middlemen so artists can get connected to more opportunities and be able to do more things with less people cutting a piece out of the pie while they go right. along. Absolutely. That's that's excellent. Um, and then tell me more about uh, the Babel Boutique. That's that that's all social media or is that is there other parts to it? Like how does that work? So that is um, strictly helping artists with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do one on one coaching where I just talk to artists and kind of guide them into what to do on digital media to be able to turn because there's some artists that they'll have a lot of following, but they're not making any money. Right. So what I do is I look at simple ways that they can change their website or change how they promote certain things so that they can bring in more income while also mainly focusing on their music. Because I know the business side isn't what, what most artists want to do. But right. if you set it's up... It's a necessary evil, I think. <laughs> right. So what I try to do is help them set up these things that once they're set up, um, like certain things on their website and on their social media, that once they're set up, they can just focus on their music, but they'll still be able to create income. So I do Uh one-on-one sort of coaching. I also do complete management of artists, um, of their social profiles and their website. Um, Uh And then I'm also launching a couple different online courses to be kind of so it'll be a um, lower price point instead of working with me directly nice all right so uh in working with the musicians you do work with um what would you say some of the biggest mistakes you see are that people kind of start making or um one of the main things is a lot of artists don't see the value in creating an email list Mm. um so for To me, an email list is the most important thing because as you see with MySpace and Vine, these social media platforms can go away at any time. Also, as Mm -hmm. you see with like Instagram and Facebook, their algorithm changes. And then you spend all this time building up a fan base and then all of a sudden they change something and you have to pay now to reach those fans. So if you had been going along and along that time, been collecting the emails from your followers, then now you own being able to contact them versus I think a social media is rented land 
Um, so you don't own that. They could take it away at any moment or start charging for it. So a lot of artists don't see, think that it's that important to start collecting emails, but I think it's something easy you can set up. You can trade one song for an email and then someone has a reason to give you an email. Um, so just setting up that one thing, I think would make a big difference for a lot of artists. Mm, I, I totally agree. Yeah, that's that that echoes a lot of uh, what other people even outside of you know the music uh, industry kind of echo now in, in in the kind of online marketing world. So that's really good information. Um, so move, moving on a little bit outside of what you do with the uh, social media. Um, I mean, obviously you you went to a university and you've obviously. Um, you know you you you're doing good great things with the um with your online uh course um where where did your um where did the push to to become like an entrepreneur um and and create this type of content come from like are there any struggles you've had to overcome that you've you've learned you know maybe learned something and and pushed through or is you know, was there a specific course in university that kind of opened your eyes to entrepreneurship or? Um, so it actually happened when I started working at TuneGo. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, I had my master's and I never actually thought about being an entrepreneur. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be like Oprah or Britney Spears, but I had no like strategy or plan on how that would actually happen. Um, so I just kind of thought I would like go up the corporate ladder and that's what I would do. Cause that's what everyone does. But, mm -hmm. um, about six months into working at TuneGo because they're a startup. So we have several investors. Sure. So one of our investors came to me and he said that he saw what I was doing on for TuneGo social media. And he wanted to know if I could do it for another company that he was investing in. So I started doing that and it was completely on the side. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what made me kind of realize that I could make money without having to go to like just a regular nine to five job. I can make money because um, I, I create the content and schedule the post and the bulk of the work I can do once like one day a month. Um, but it's like continuously posting and then I'll just go in and engage. And that's mm -hmm. what kind of made me realize, because growing up, I always saw, because my parents were divorced, I saw my mom struggling all the time financially. And this kind of made me realize that it didn't have to be that way. If I could teach people how to do social media themselves, they could run it for small businesses, or they could do it for a company they had um, that they wanted to promote themselves and make more successful. So that's why um, I created the Digital Academy of Social Media. Um, that's on my main website, and it just teaches people how to do exactly what I do. Because um, I just saw it as a way that stay-at-home moms or someone that say they wanted to be a musician, they could run a couple of social media accounts on the side and then be able to spend most of their time doing what they actually want to do. Great. Yeah, I mean that's and then that's actually how we got in contact with each other because I've been experimenting with Instagram. Um, you know, I mean it's it's very the way I've been going about it is kind of basic and just following other people because I noticed that 
you know, just throwing up images doesn't really work because you're throwing, it's like flowing, throwing flyers into the wind. You know, it might stick to someone's car, but, you know, whether that person actually ends up, uh, you know, liking the flyer is kind of, you know, neither here nor there. But once you start following other people, which are, are you familiar with Ari Herstan's book? Yes, I've read um, it. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, yeah, I mean, in that he says the follow back, it kind of sounds skeevy, but it, it works because you get other people to follow you back. And then what you're actually doing is training the algorithm to, to show it what kind of people that, you you know, what kind of accounts you want to, to be able to follow and um, have view your content. Um, and so far, it's been pretty successful building a following and seeing the amount of views my profiles get. Um, you know, I've done the same thing with my uh, personal profile for the podcast, for my band. And uh, I also do some, uh, you know, art, digital artwork and some photography. And I've started using the same method that way. And and it just seems like it's right now it's the way the algorithm, algorithm runs. It's just you have to show it what, you know, what audience you want, really. So. Right. I think um, a lot of people go on social media and they just put out their stuff and they don't ever follow other people or try to talk to other people. And the thing is social media is meant to be social. And mm -hmm. when you connect with a person one-on-one, -on -one, that's, I know people want to get this massive following, but you have to do those one-on-one -on -one connections. Otherwise people aren't going to remember you. Like they might like one of your posts, but then if they don't keep engaging with you, you're going to not show up in their feed anymore and they'll forget about you. Exactly. It's it's kind of like I've I've heard the um the analogy of someone you you walk into a, a you know a party, and um you know it was actually about Twitter. You know, just writing random stuff on Twitter is like shouting to the room. But you know, if you if you're going in there, you want to like have a conversation with each person, you know, person by person. Otherwise, it's just shouting in a room. So yeah, that's great. Um, so as far as your um your your academy um. Would you say is it is it directly um, marketed towards musicians or is it good for anyone really with a small business? So I am working on a new academy that will be specifically for musicians, but the one that I have now, the digital academy of social media, that's um, open to anyone that just wants to get started in social media. Mm -hmm. It's everything because when I started working at Tungo, I really wanted them to give me the opportunity to work on their social media but I didn't have I've worked creating content for other brands but I've never worked starting with a company that had zero followers to building them up to a brand that makes money with social media so what I did was I took every social media course that I could get my hands on and I spent over seven thousand dollars learning everything so everything I learned and that I found useful and what I actually use when I work with clients um, is in that course. So it's kind of like, it's everything I wish I had when I first started. And mm -hmm. if you either think you might want to manage social media accounts or you just want to promote your own stuff, um, I think it's valuable to either one of those. Awesome. Um and so um, going towards musicians, though, um, what what kind of, uh, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, without 
with the in, internet was in its infancy. I still bought a ton of CDs. Um, what have you seen in terms? Obviously, everything's going to streaming, but there's still there's still some value towards physical media. I and mean, what have you seen working for Tungo in terms of, um, you know, just where where the is there another thing after streaming? I mean, are there any insights you can you can you know give us as far as where the industry is going? So I hear a lot of artists two things think that streaming is killing the music industry and also that they think that they need a label to be able to be successful and i don't think either of those things are true i look at streaming as an opportunity for artists to get their music out there um back in the day it was radio and artists didn't get paid for that either so Uh to me it's kind of the same thing but it's more it's a lot easier to get on Spotify than it is to get on the radio. So to me, artists actually have more opportunities than they ever did before. And because it's so easy for them to create their social media um, profiles and their website, it's a lot more easy for them to create income through selling Mm -hmm. merch, doing tours, um, selling... um, like VIP type of interactions with fans, that type of thing. Um, You just have to be creative with how to create income versus before it was, we're going to try to get signed to a label and then sell CDs and go on tour. And, but the thing is how much the labels take from what you've earned. And most labels don't want to work with an artist until they have a good following. But the thing is, if you have a good following, you don't need the label. <laughs> right, exactly. And I and I see I do see that with uh, you know, more o- older musicians who who are, have been successful in the traditional realm and now you you see them post things like, you know, I had a million streams and I only got, you know, 100 dollars for it, but what people don't understand is, well, how much did the label get? Mm-hmm. You know, what they they that hundreds of million streams, that's not the whole story. So not, not. I, I still say that the uh, the streaming um, earnings probably need to come a long way. There's there's obviously legislation coming through, but um, but as you said, yeah, radio um, didn't pay artists anyway. I mean, it's a good example of uh, all along the Watchtower, for instance. You know, the H- Hendrix didn't get any money from that. It was all it was all going to Bob Dylan because he was the songwriter. Mm-hmm. But the Hendrix version is obviously the most popular in terms of you know, historical, um, you know, radio play and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, just to finish up, I mean, where, where can people find, you know, all about you and get in contact with you for your services? And Um, well, all my courses in the Babel Boutique, you can find it on my main website, which is asleymaslow.com. Um, and I'm on social media, I'm Asley Maslow everywhere except for twitter won't give me my name so i'm asley underscore maslow <laughs> um and normally what i do at the end of the podcast is uh is play a, a tune by the artist that i'm interviewing um is there anyone you know uh that you you've heard through um working with the distribution that you uh, really would like people to hear um one of the first artists we worked with with which actually we discovered them by them direct messaging us on twitter 
um, is a band called Three Guests. So I think their song Marilyn, maybe. Um, it's available on streaming platforms. So. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. It was really great information. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope uh, if people uh, really, you know, need some help with their um, social media, then get in touch with you and, you know, see what you can do for them. So Yeah, and if um, always whenever anyone has any questions on social media, you can just message me on Instagram and I'll answer. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks to Asli for sharing her knowledge. There were some really great tips there. Please let me know how I'm doing. Give me some feedback on what you like and what you don't like. And also give me some ideas for future episodes. What kinds of things do you want to hear me talk about? Who do you want me to interview? Let me know on Facebook, Instagram, or email. And to finish out the episode, here is three guests with the track Marilyn. Red lips, soft smile. Like something cinematic She got brown hair, brown eyes She looking like an actress And I can't help myself from staring There is nothing wrong though You could be my Marilyn Monroe First sight when I laid eyes on you Rendezvous in the park when it's past noon Walking past you, caught by a fragrance You play this game, though it makes sense You're just something special Can I be something that's worth your time? You keep throwing glances I don't catch those feelings every time The cheekbones, that skin tone Your hands on your hips And my eyes on your lips And I'm sorry, but I cannot help but stare Looking at me from way over there Your legs and your waist and them picked up French braids Got me going insane and I can't keep my mind off you every day What do I say? You trip me up, I'm falling for you head over heels Between movie screens and beauty queens I don't know what's real Red lips, soft smile, like something cinematic she got brown hair, brown eyes She looking like an actress And I can't help myself from staring There is nothing wrong though You could be my Marilyn Monroe could I ever let you go? Oh, you were shooting glances, now I'm in my zone Walking down the street and moving so carefully I see your hips sway like it's happening in slow-mo oh, Can't tell if you were acting Cause you don't need any practice Take one, take two Lights, camera, action I know I may never have a chance But I'm taking one now so here I am She a dime, yeah she fine All she needs to do is smile to light up in the night Like the bright city lights, oh yeah She cut my eye like the city lights Can't keep you out of my sight Driving through red lights Dodging cars left and right to get a minute of your time Cause all I wanna know is If you would be mine I can give you the world If you would be mine Chance, yeah. You can.
my Marilyn Drop all the baggage that she carrying We can go and leave this town And we'll never look back